0: What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of VGM Generations. I'm Mike Pazblan, and with me, as always, is Aaron Belauchuk. Hi. And Jordan Balinski. Well,
1: excuse me,
0: princess. (laughs) (laughs) For those that don't know, VGM stands for video game music, and we are taking you through the generations. Basically, once a week, three friends with varied gaming backgrounds get together and take you through some of their favorite music from the games they love. And uh, remember to stick to the end uh, for contest details. But our winner from last month is... Matt Guntus or Guntus on uh, on Twitter so congratulations yeah uh, yeah he found <laughs> us on the uh, kind of funny uh, subreddit which I posted the uh, the podcast too so uh, thanks, Matt, for for the listens and for uh, and for retweeting. Thank and you for being a friend. That's right. <laughs>
2: Travel down you the drunk? road and then back again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, thanks, Matt. And uh, I'll uh, contact you on Twitter, and we'll get you your choice of those two games. So, uh, yeah, that's for our last month's contest. But this month, what are we talking about? If you were paying attention on the last episode, you know we, it is Zelda month. Yeah. We're happy talking, happy uh, March 3rd everybody. Happy March 3rd, Happy Breath of the Wild day. Yeah. So happy, happy Switch Day. Happy yeah. Switch Day. So yeah. So we decided it's uh, you know, we've all been waiting a very long time <laughs> for Breath of the Wild. It's been how long has it been? Like We've been holding our breath. Well, I, I mean, know. it's been Hopefully
3: years not. since the first uh, trailer hit. Yeah. yeah. Like
0: I I was I was talking today and I'm trying to remember, like it's been 5 years. Well, more, since more? Skyward,
3: Skyward Sword, but we had Hyrule Warriors.
0: No, but, but when, like, was, the when was the first trailer, trailer that we for saw? Like, wow. I remember
3: seeing one, and I'm pretty sure that was, like, at, it was at least three years ago. Yeah, at five, least. Five seems pretty long. Five, five seems long, s- but it was seems at least long, three. long, but I feel
0: like this game's been, like, bloody delayed. Well, well the thing is... I'm trying to think of
3: it in terms of other life events that have happened in mm-hmm, my life mm-hmm. and parallel it to that.
0: Oh, here you go. Uh E3 2011. Oh, 2011 wow. so it's been six years but almost we're talking what? we're talking like yeah the, we're talking See, yeah, I told you. it's
1: been a long yeah. long time <laughs> that's just the early development footage that was, right? that that was, was like link? that was when
0: it was called zelda wii u
1: yeah so it was link walking through a temple yeah Go, I, goma is probably in the trailer
3: yeah
0: no had, that was the one are we
3: talking about you, the one where he leaps to the air and
0: fires the arrow and the thing is chasing him is that the one No, uh, that, that was uh, that that much bad. later yeah. legends of zelda tech demo of the wii u was shown Breath of the Wild was officially announced 2013. Okay. So Wii U direct presentation in 2013. So we've yeah. still been waiting well, four years at least. As yeah. Zelda comes out
3: and we immediately start waiting for the next, next Zelda. Zelda. So, that's true. I mean, that's, that's a weird <laughs> gauge there.
0: That's true. That's true. But yeah, so I'm just saying like since we, we've known of its existence, we've been waiting about... About, yeah, just about four years. Yeah, so uh, I'm imagining
3: with the scope of Breath of the Wild, it'll take me four years to completely 100% absolutely everything in it. So, uh.
0: yeah, people are saying it's a long (laughs) game, long game to do it all. So, especially if you uh, pay a little extra for that DLC. But anyway, (laughs) (laughs)
3: especially if you play it like I do too, where I spend like all my time just chasing squirrels. and, and,
0: And that's the thing too, like with this game, it seems like you can really get lost in the weeds. Yeah. But anyway, so it is Zelda month to get to get into the stuff. So we're all so the the mandate for this month was anything and everything Zelda. It was remixes, covers, uh, different games, cameos, all that cameos, sort of thing. TV shows, inspirations. It's anything, that, it's anything that ties back to that has something to do with Link or Zelda, basically. Yeah. So um, I'm gonna go first, uh, and uh, I am. Triple, quadruple, quintuple dipping—I don't know. I, I, I can't even keep track of the anymore. The game you
1: talk about once a month. The
0: game I talk <laughs> about <laughs> almost once a month. Uh, I am talking about uh, Mario Kart eight yet again. So, and the uh, the fantastic, fantastic, fantastic DLC. Uh, that had Hyrule circuit and link and the opponent cycle uh, <laughs> Which is the best vehicle in Mario Kart? Yeah, 8. exactly is it really yeah. good cuz I've oh, never it's my favorite. I've never yeah. used well, it I don't like using it, but I think it looks awesome I just I'm not a fan of the motorcycles in that game, but I yeah.
3: love the motorcycles in Mario Kart 8 I think they're one of the best things about that And I love using the opponent cycle with characters that are not Link. so you know yeah. you got like Ludwig van Koopa on there yeah. or, or Rosalina on, <laughs> uh, on that bike. Who's the That's really hot.
0: big Koopa <laughs> Roy. Right. <laughs> Who's the really big Koopa? Roy. Right. Right. He's the big fat one. Yeah, right. I saw somebody doing. The Hyrule circuit with Roy on the opponent cycle yeah. oh, while okay. I was looking at this, and it just made me laugh because he's so chunky. Yeah, yeah. The, best,
3: the best thing to do in Mario Kart is either like, you know, it has to be this weird juxtaposition. So you got to pick like a monster truck and put like the tiny toy tires yes, on exactly. it. Or something yeah, exactly. Like yeah, that's that. the so best part. Yeah. Big character, small cart, or vice versa. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's all the, f- just make it as funny as possible. Yeah. It doesn't even matter how it handles or totally. if you win. Yeah. So, uh, or actually just try to win with the most screwed up <laughs> setup. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so love the opponent cycle. Love the track. Uh, I loved all the little touch like uh, switching to from coins to rupees, that was great. Oh, man, that was such a great detail that they didn't have
1: to do. That Even, they yeah, even totally the did. sound effect yeah. when yeah, you collect yeah,
0: them as well. They yeah. changed that. Um, one of the ones that I, I didn't really notice, I think, on my first few playthroughs, but noticed uh, when I was re-watching videos was uh, if you're... I don't know if it's just Link or if it's everyone, but you know how in that one section of the track, um, you can kind of uh, jump over the Master Sword. Yeah, yeah. When yeah. it opens up, if you do it with Link he, and you do the trick, he quickly turns around and holds the Triforce over his head for just a split second. Oh, wow. Only on that jump. Only on that jump. Uh, Yeah. And so, yeah, he quickly turns around, holds the Triforce, and then keeps going.
1: That must be Link, because I've never played that level as Link, and I've I've done the jump before. Okay, yeah. yeah. So I think it's just
0: Link that does it, but it's awesome. Like, it's so cool, because it's just that, like, just for a (laughs) split second, you're like, oh, that's cool. Um, So I love that. And then, but most of all, I love how awesome this track is. So, like uh, with all the other tracks in Mario Kart 8, they had real musicians come in, they custom arranged the track for them, and and played it and it sounds fantastic so let's give a listen to the High Hyrule Circuit from Mario Kart 8 I'm gonna kind of rehash some of the things I've talked about with Mario Kart 8, but um, one of one of the favorite things, and the first thing I want to mention is that uh, if you go on YouTube, there is uh, a series of videos on YouTube called "The Music of Mario Kart 8," and uh, basically they they realized that people love this music, and they took a bunch of footage of the musicians recording a bunch of these tracks. And uh, luckily, they some of the footage they took was for this for this. Uh, circuit for for Hyrule circuit. So you can go on there, type in uh, music of Mario Kart eight on YouTube and look for high Hyrule circuit and you can see them recording this track and it's, yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> like it's so, it's so fun to watch those because not only do you get a sense that it is all real musicians, right? Like it wasn't all just samples. Um, you can see how much fun the the yeah. musicians are having playing the music. They all have this gr- I want to be in that band.
1: Oh, yeah, totally. They all have this grin on their face that's like, as if we're getting paid to do this right <laughs> now. This is great.
0: <laughs> exactly, yeah. And you can tell, like, it's just fun music for them to play. And beyond that, they're all obviously monster musicians, right? Mm. All, like, ridiculously talented, especially the guitarists. And uh, the guitarists and the bassist. like, they, they kind of, um, for different tracks, uh, sometimes the... Musician will switch out because they're all obviously like session studio musicians, mm. but um, sometimes like the drummer will switch out or the trumpets or w- the violin will switch out. They're all very talented, but the the bassist and the guitarist seem to be consistent through all of the all of the videos. And uh, the guitarist, especially in this one, because he played um, he played electric and uh, acoustic on this one, and so they show him side by side, and he's just like ripping these crazy riffs on the guitar, which you can hear in the song. So. Uh, I love just how like I love that. They took like a rock kind of Spin on this one, but still left in all the brass and the strings like it's great
3: Yeah, and I mean it they kind of had to for all these arrangements keep the like high-energy It's obviously a racing game yeah. So you know you've got to go in that high-energy sort of vein anyway, yeah. but it, it works I mean you can but take like, Zelda and to anything as we'll find out later.
0: Yeah, exactly But I would be happy if this like song was in ocarina of time i'd 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 be (laughs) i don't know i would call foul if this song was in uh, ocarina of time
1: well this game the the sound to this this the song feels like it fits within a different game that i think we'll probably talk about later in the month but
0: yes totally we will but uh yeah so that's um just to go over mario Kart again Best-selling title on the Wii U, 7.5 million copies, maybe a few more. And then, yeah, like we said, it's going to come out on the Switch again with more stuff. I'm sure it'll be great selling on there, too, because Mario Mario Kart's just great on it's whatever be, console and, you play. And
3: uh, we've said it in the past, and I still have the opinion that 8 is the best in the series ever. Yes, yeah. yeah I agree.
0: And and they're gonna fix battle mode,
3: which was yeah. the thing we all <laughs> that you know, was complained the only, about last time. Yeah. The only problem I had with the last yeah. game. Yeah. And they're fixing it. And they're yeah. gonna fix it. So But that's the thing is like, ah, I feel burned though by having to buy it again. It's I almost like could you give me a discount? I was loyal. I bought the Wii U. I bought Mario Kart 8. Give and, me give me a discount. Well we and don't you know they all might, the, right? Maybe they might. You bought all the DLC. You bought, I bought all the, all the DLC for Mario Kart. I think we all did. I yeah.
0: bought all the amiibos. I have every unlockable costume. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's right. You're the only yeah. person uh, of the three of us. You that remember? Asked.
1: You were you were the one that came over, <laughs> and you were the one that got me off my butt <laughs> to finally start scanning them. That was so
0: funny because I so we went over to Jordan's for a game night, and I was like, we should see like because I was like, oh, now we can actually see all the costumes because I had seen all the ones I had. So I had like Kirby. I think I had uh, Luigi, Link. Um, and one other at the time. And so I could see like three or four of them, but like Jordan's the, you know, the hardcore Amiibo collector. And so he had all of them at the time. And so he was like, we were in the living room, but he—they were in his game room. So he kept running back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> I was doing laps but, but back like and the, forth. By like the third lap, he was kind of like, "All right, I'm kind of done with this." Yeah. I was like, "No, there's only two left. We gotta do it." <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, think "All I,
1: right." think I held out my shirt like a little, like a little basket, and I filled the inside of my shirt with <laughs> yeah, ami- and then the jumped the
0: Amiibos on the table. Yeah, yeah. No, that was fantastic. I, that, I was so, that, I was having so much fun just scanning them in and seeing all the new classes. <laughs> oh yeah, that was great. So, um, yeah, and it was the fastest-selling title on the Wii U with 1.2 million copies within four days of release. So... uh We'll see. We'll see how it does on the switch.
3: Also, that was the game that justified the purchase of the Pro Controller on the Wii U for me. That was the one I think I bought yeah. the Pro Is that Controller the one alongside you bought it for. Yeah, and, I think and, I, I think we all did. Didn't and we? Great, great purchase. Great. Well, controller. that
1: was a. It became a pack-in. Did they not release? did it? No, no, no no, no, no. Never did. No, it, it, it should have been. But yeah, yeah no, maybe, it wasn't, maybe they didn't need to because of how well the game sold. Mm-hmm. They were like, well, we'll just sell it with no game, and then. If
0: I remember correctly, we all brought our, bought our Pro Controllers at that time because yeah. we went to we oh, went to Toys R Us. That was a, a big. And then you bought like that gold. Racing wheel, which I thought I never was, used it once. You never used it. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, this is a dumb purchase. You're never yeah, going to use this. That was like, right. Well, it
1: was uh, discounted if you bought the game, right? That's what so it was. Yeah, like, you
0: were just like, well, I can't
1: cole- afford not to buy it. My, my cl- <laughs> collector blood was boiling for yeah, it. So. Yeah,
0: exactly. Well, you were in you were in full collector fever because that was like during wow. Amiibo time too, I mean, right? So I still am. But yeah, <laughs> but you were you were yeah, on. A- oh yeah. A high on buy, that day. Buy everything.
3: Buy you, everything. So. And I know you faded off on amiibos a little bit, but yeah. because it's Zelda month, and I don't know if you've seen the new Breath of the Wild did I, you Oh, did you see I was, any? I, I own two of them. Oh, you bought two of them? I bought two of them, okay. and and uh, two of the five, I think, there are. I was holding four there's of them. five? Yeah. Well, there's, and here's what they are. There's, there's Link with the bow, there's Zelda, there's Link on a horse, there's a bokoblin, and there's a boss, and that amiibo is enormous. Oh, it's a yeah. chunky oh, one. Oh, that, yeah. um, that big plant-looking thing. That big, like, land octopus yeah. robot. Yeah, yeah, monster. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Oh, okay. I don't know. There's there's oh. quite a few, but I got I got Bow and I got Zelda. Did you see that the Amiibos do stuff in the game as well? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well,
0: and so and, okay, just so everyone knows, we're gonna be going back to <laughs> Breath of the Wild all month. So. Yeah, so <laughs> it'll be a topic. The here. tangents, so? the tangents are gonna be
1: but pretty uh, consistent. Aside from the exclusive Breath of the Wild Amiibos, there are old Zelda Amiibos that work in this game as well. So you can use yes. the eight bit Link yep. and any of the other links. Now um, I regret the, not buying the eight bit. If you if you have the <laughs> Twilight Princess Wolf Link Amiibo and you've completed uh, Twilight Princess
3: HD?
0: Yeah.
1: Maybe you should speak to this cuz m- have you even you, done this you yet? No. Right? I
0: haven't
3: done this. Now I did beat Twilight Princess HD.
1: So yeah. We should
0: say
3: what it is though. And you have to dip, you have to
1: beat the cave level, the, Yeah, the Cave of Ordeals. The Cave of Ordeals, which
0: was the unlock
1: and have that save data on your Wolf Link Amiibo. Okay. Yeah, and it was it a
3: special unlock cuz there was two, there's like the Cave of Trials and there's the Cave of Ordeals, mm. and the Wolf Link actually unlocked a specific trial mode. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you plug that amiibo with the save data onto Breath of the
1: Wild, and, and you can call forth a wolf. No way. It's not Wolf Link, but there are wolves in the game that are designed like with the same art style as Wolf Link from as, like, Twilight a Princess. Yes. Right. That's you know I've heard. I've awesome. I, okay. That's yeah, why. Yeah,
3: here's the thing. You're saying all this stuff, but remember, I've been on Zelda Media Blackout forever. Okay. So, so <laughs> yeah. yeah. so, okay. So you you're playing.
1: So okay. So I and and. I, I'm pretty sure I'm accurate, and I'll try to you know, <laughs> try not to spoil
3: anything. Yeah, it's it's tough for me too because I'm such a big fan that I, uh, there was a certain point over the last five years or so where <laughs> I just decided I need to stop learning about Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Because and I just I, learn for yourself. Yeah. Because I want to experience it firsthand. I want everything to be a surprise. And I, as I discovered today is that I've actually started forgetting things that I used oh. to know and I'm rediscovering them. Cool. Mm-hmm. Now that I'm like refining them. I'm like, oh yeah, this thing, this is great. Yeah. Kind of I watch <laughs> trailers and
0: stuff, but that's about it. Like yeah. I didn't, I, I haven't been on like, you know, like IGN posted like the first 15 minutes of the game and I was like, there's no way no. I'm yeah. like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Stuff like that so um, I haven't been on like specific blackout but yeah I don't know much so but I didn't know that wolf thing that's uh, awesome that's super totally cool
3: I want to add one more point to the whole amiibo and Zelda thing is that the last time I when I played Twilight Princess HD I actually played I'm like I'm going to use all the amiibos and I have every Zelda yeah yeah yeah, yeah. we talked about this so I'm like I, I gathered them all. I, I put <laughs> Did them you all like in Boros front of me on a desk. Some? No, no, I, I just okay. had, had, had them all. So I put them all in front of me on the thing, and it's like, okay, I'm playing in hero mode, I'm scanning in Ganondorf, which like, extra for harder. hero mode, doubles your damage. Yeah. Uh, not doubles your damage, doubles damage against you, so yeah. everything that damage hits you, you does you double damage. Yeah. And then uh, Ganondorf doubles that again. Yeah. On top of that. Four so time. I'm playing in like, super difficult mode, and then I'm like, I, I, and because I have the rest of the Amiibos, it's like, okay, I can use these. Like, if you scan a Zelda or a Sheik, it refills your health. Yeah. But you can only use each amiibo once, once per a day, day. Yeah. so it's kind of like you've got these little lifeline things going on there <laughs> it's, so you, it's a fun did, way to play yeah, you know, yeah. it's the first time i used amiibos for their intended purpose and,
1: and it was
0: it. awesome and had a good time yeah.
1: yeah are there now more zelda zelda amiibos than of the core mario franchise probably i feel I like mean, there are yeah
0: f- yeah probably oh, well uh, i don't know there's a lot but, think well, of well, the whole, but there's think, a lot of zelda amiibos now. <laughs> yeah, think of like because even the smash
1: like, series yeah the wind waker series twilight twilight ocarina and now Breath of the Wild. Yeah, there probably add, is. Add oh. all of that up, and then compared to it to be 20? Yeah. Well, I think yeah. Smash still ho- holds the title, but we're taking yeah. Smash Zelda amiibos and including them on the Zelda. Yeah,
3: I want to total them up, because there are a lot of Zelda amiibos yeah. now, a ridiculous I, I amount. I would
0: guess... I'm just doing the math quickly in my head, but I would mm-hmm. guess near 20. So, Jordan, what do you have for us? I
1: want to talk about Zelda. <laughs> <laughs> what?
0: Okay, so we've talked about...
1: We've talked about this game. We've talked about this series before. I want to dive deeper into the Satellaview. So we've talked about we've talked about BS Zelda briefly. We've talked about the Satellaview briefly, and I think you brought up the Sega Channel before. Yep. yep. So to jog everyone's memory, the Satellaview was a satellite system, a uh, broadcast satellite system, um, that was incorporated with the Super Famicom in Japan. Oh, okay. So it was... Um, a direct feed to your Famicom and so I guess kind of like the Sega channel it was like downloadable Similar, content yeah. before internet before down DLC was a thing this was like again ahead of its time and almost a little too ahead of its time because again it was only a super Famicom thing it didn't really yeah, come Japan, to North America Japan only so what is the uh Satellaview so aside from what I just said it was um so, the downloadable content, it was a satellite TV station by a company called
3: Wow Wow. <laughs> That's a very Japanese
1: it was It was uh, Wow Wow. Wow Wow. It was uh, created by a company called Saint Giga. And this uh, happened between the years of uh, 95 through 99. So this falls right on the um, Super Nintendo N64 era. Mm-hmm. Actually, this is probably more in the N64 yeah, era.
3: Yeah, because N64, I think, was like 96 or that. Yeah, so, as so. we yeah. said, yeah.
1: I think last week we were talking about that. So this was like, this came after Link to the Past, but we're talking Super Famicom. So for me, when I first heard that there were other 16-bit Zelda games and I heard about this whole thing, Zelda series on the Satellaview. The series is called BS Zelda, and the BS is just Broadcast Satellite <laughs> Zelda. <laughs> Not, it's <Yeah>. funny <laughs> because you BS Zelda. Yeah. Yes. Well, that's yeah, because yeah,
0: everyone that's, that's that doesn't exist. It's a
1: BS Zelda. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, if anyone knows anything about satellite, like if you're sending satellite feeds, you need to uh, sort of schedule time. Like you, pro- Mike, probably knows more than I do, but so yeah. he'll, he'll this crack, is kind of my business. Look, but yeah, you, you do need to check. So they go ahead.
0: Yeah, basically, basically, satellite. There's a limited amount of signal you can put on a certain satellite in a certain frequency. So, yeah, you have to basically schedule time that you are transmitting, and then and then the the satellite in space is retransmitting it back to Earth. So,
1: so Zelda in space, Zelda in space, <laughs> indeed. Wow. This
0: was our first <laughs> in Zelda in space game. So,
1: <laughs> this was in fact a peripheral that you connected to your Super Famicom. But uh, these Nintendo scheduled time through um, Saint Giga. And they called it the Super Famicom Hour. So what that means is, for an hour, you would actually download this title off the satellite. Yeah, it would like I guess encode it onto your Super Famicom so it was playable. You did in fact need to put a cartridge in, but the cartridge was just like sort of a read-only display type thing for your Super Famicom. Well,
0: it must have been rewritable, right?
3: Well, there must have been like some sort of like uh, ROM in there or something. Yeah, to, there was yeah. something because it was constantly uh, okay. Yeah,
0: because uh, yeah, like I'm it was just probably thinking, like Famicom had like read only memory essentially yeah. in it, but super Famicom by that time they would have had rewritable memory because of well, save states and stuff like that. Yeah.
1: But also um, batteries, right? Batteries as save, well. You yep. could save to batteries yep. and this very likely just had a battery because it was yep. no, no more complicated than the link to the past save system.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So
1: you would save your data on the cart, I'm guessing, but essentially you're downloading the, um, the weekly hour update every week you want to yep. play it.
0: And it was a new story every week, right?
1: Well, or, or a new, a new part of the story. So I said it's the BS Zelda series there's actually four games and in reality there's more like uh, there's it's complicated (laughs) so i'll just briefly run through what the games are the first one is called bs zelda no densetsu and that is original that is um essentially the original legend of zelda okay they remade the legend of zelda the first one from nintendo but with a 16-bit update so it's like zelda all-stars kind of i was gonna say yeah
0: this is the this is the Mario All-Stars yeah. of
1: Zelda, yeah. So it has the 16-bit graphical facelift and it has um, updated audio. Oh, that's great. Um, a big. So I'm going to take, before I continue with the series, a big part of what this teleview did was it also broadcasted um, its own audio. So going past the Super Nintendo or the Super Famicom sound chip, it was able to broadcast through its TV, through the satellite, its own custom audio through a device called SoundLink. Oh, okay. So it could send you... So they you gave it its own sound chip. That's cool. Not just that. Um, it could bypass sound chips and just play you orchestrated music. It could literally play you whatever it wanted to because it's coming through a satellite feed into your TV. Oh, okay. Because the peripheral for the Super Famicom bypasses the sound chip, and it's just like, I'm this is what's going into your TV. So you could have somebody doing narration for Zelda.
0: Hmm. Yeah, and they
1: did, right? And they did. Yeah. So you they would have people that would like um tell re- you the story. Re- tell you the story. Yeah. And 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 that all boils down to why they had a satellite feed because it forces everybody to play at the same time. So when they're broadcasting this narration and this music, we're all getting it at the same time. It's so cool. It's <laughs> insane. This was, this it's was weird. In the mid nineties. <laughs> well, what, yeah.
0: What's so cool about this to me is that it's like such a unique, uh, game experience, mm-hmm. right? Like whoever, like people who lived in Japan at this time and did this, like, I don't know of anything else where everybody had to log on at the same time and play, the, experience the game. So you're essentially oh. experiencing this game with everyone else. Simultaneously, it, it, it's so unique
3: right? that I have to imagine that the adoption rate was was fairly low for this. I it, it wasn't. It wasn't. It was popular. Yeah, in Japan, <laughs> Japan. It was huge,
1: right? Yeah. Well, I, mean, I,
0: I
3: think you're only in Japan can you get away with that.
1: And well, I exactly. I, can't,
3: right. I couldn't see this catching
1: on here in, in, North, in America, North America. No,
0: no, people are way too much. And like it, I want to do things on my time. But in Japan, <laughs> it's like yeah, they were it's all like into a cultural it. phenomenon. But you have to also yeah.
1: remember, in the mid '90s, we lived on a on a TV based schedule, right? Like if, that's w- true. Yeah. If we were all waiting for the latest episode, there was no. There
0: was no DVR. There was no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we're all waiting for friends or Simpsons or yeah. whatever was big in the mid nineties. We all watched it when TV told us we could watch it.
0: Yeah. So it wasn't dissimilar to making sure you were there for your favorite TV show. Totally. Yeah.
1: So, so, um, continuing through, there was BS Zelda no Densetsu in- inishi no Sekiban. And this became, nice pronunciation. Good thank thank job. you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um,
1: this became the unofficial sequel to link to the past. It was actually, so if you want to translate that into English, um, people have said it means the ancient stone tablets. Uh, and then, so I want to come back to that one, but, um, and then the, the, f- so we talked about the original Zelda. There were actually two versions of that. Okay. Um, so that makes up the first two games. The only difference being, so they were the original legend of Zelda. The only difference being the layout of the dungeons. Were oh, okay. re- rearranged in the two versions. So it's like
0: a master quest kind of. Exactly that. Yeah.
1: So it wasn't quite a new game, but it, in the same way that uh, Super Mario All-Stars wasn't a new game. Yeah. It totally was a new game, Yeah, <laughs> but it's something that you've already
0: played. So this was uh, Super Zelda All-Stars, The Master Quest.
1: <laughs> Version 1 and 2. So <laughs> they and didn't two. call it that. So and and so, so they... They I, would
0: have to be tried time
1: travelers. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, so then jumping ahead, the next one, Ancient Stone Tablets, which came out in 97. Uh, and then the fourth one, which um, I, I don't recall when this came out, Essentially, the fourth one was, uh, I'm not even gonna pronounce it because it's A Link to the Past, the Japanese version, uh, okay. which was translated to Triforce of Gods. So again, not a new game, but they had the sound link. So you're playing Link to the Past at home uh, for a scheduled time when you're getting orchestrated music and narration. narration yeah. So that's totally cool. <laughs> but so the most different one it's out of here- a radio
3: drama or something. Oh, sort yeah. of, yeah.
1: <laughs> Soap opera kind of? Yeah. Um, so the the most drastically changed game was the Ancient Stone Tablets, which was considered, um, I guess, the official sequel to Link to the Past. Um, it took place six years after Link to the Past uh, over a four-week period. Um there was a character by the name of Ag- Agina. I think that was his name. I'm to- I, I, I bet you that's not even his name. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, he plays Sahasrila's brother. And now if you played Link to the Past, you know the elder that sort of guides you through the beginning in the light world is Sahasrila. And uh, a Link between... Um, a Link Between Worlds, I think he's in that as well. So anyways, he's like the main elder that sort of guides you through the game. His brother is uh, the guy in um, Ancient Stone Tablets. Okay, And it's essentially a rehash of the light world of Link to the Past. From what I played, it's um, it's very much an abridged version because, again, going through the View system, you have an hour to play this game.
0: Yeah, you only had... I was just gonna say, Don't, yeah, you only no. had a short time, so, yeah. y- so you had to keep pace basically. What you, happens when the hour ends? You're done, yeah, no matter yeah, where, done. no matter the, where you the, get. The feed was yeah. the feed was down, right? Yeah. So people, and I think they kind of. Um, from what I heard, they kind of structured the game so it wasn't too hard, like so that people could make it in time. That's mm-hmm. exactly
1: it. So the original Zelda had shortened maps. So you're jumping between levels faster and you're not having to uh, find, figure out cryptic puzzles. Mm-hmm. Um, there are still puzzles, but they've abridged the game in all aspects. So the um, Twilight, sorry, the Link to the Past, um, the original Zelda and uh, Ancient Stone Tablets, they were all abridged um, because the the goal was essentially you should within that hour be able to beat two dungeons which is pretty big in an hour because mm-hmm. I don't think I could do that in Link to the Past
3: mm-hmm. so there you'd
1: be screwed the way you play
3: <laughs> I gotta break every pot and find every rupee yeah, so exactly. I don't got so they give you... <laughs> no pots, not cut no it. pots, no rupees. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and the whole time you're playing, there's a clock in the, in the corner. So you can see if you're running out of time. So it's like, okay, I beat the temple. That'd <laughs> yeah, be so stressful. <laughs> well, it, the game isn't hard. So I played yeah. through a bit of ancient snow tablets last week. And um, I swear, like you play through the... If ever, anyone remembers Link to the Past, the first temple's the the, the desert temple in the far east. Um, you literally start in the desert when you're playing. And you go through like the first couple of rooms and it's like, you kill a bad guy and he drops the the boots and it's like, <laughs> all right, like I, 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 I killed a mummy and I got the boots. And then you go into the next room and it's like, there's a key just laying on the floor. You pick it up and it's like, Hey, inside the key was like a jar. The next like set of armor and, and the master sword, the third room is Ganon. You're done. <laughs> it's literally that abridged. Yeah, like, it's like,
0: very, very abridged. By yeah. the
1: time you're done, um, the first temple, you've acquired like a quarter of the items. Mm-hmm. So by yeah. the time you're done, it's like it's no surprise that you just play through the whole game in 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 four hours. It's like somebody's telling
3: the story of Zelda to somebody else. It's oh, like, yeah. you know we'll skip over the <laughs> tedious parts. And, Actually,
0: to yeah. to go on a bit of a tangent, it sort of reminds me of uh, Jordan. You'll know this: the Dragon Ball movies. Yeah. Right. Like, cause like if you watch like the original Dragon Ball series, uh, it, it was huge. It was like several. It was a hundred and something episodes at least. Even longer in North America. In North America, yeah. Yeah. And uh, then they came out, like, after that came out, they ha- came out with a few movies, and the movies tell, like, the whole story yeah, yeah. of Dragon Ball in, like, an hour. And yeah. you're like, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, this yeah. took me four years, and they're <laughs> telling it in an hour and a half.
1: Well, and that's what I'm hearing about the new Dragon Ball Super. It's like, watch the movie if you don't have time to watch the series. Exactly, it's yeah. Totally it's totally abridged. Yeah.
0: But anyway. Um,
1: yeah. So that's your abridged version of, you know, the story of the BS uh, <laughs> Zelda games. So... What am I going to play for music? Well, technically, um, so it's the original Zelda games have like the 16 bit, you know, like we call the super Mario all-stars revamp to the music. Check that out. That's pretty cool. The, uh, Triforce of gods is essentially the link to the past soundtrack. But, uh, anytime I've mentioned, um, the sound link and they broadcast orchestrated music or narration, well, they had a specific soundtrack that they used for, uh, for the games. So, Something like um, triforce of gods or ancient stone tablets. They would, they would play this orchestrated music renditions of you know this the songs you're familiar with, but uh, I thought that they had like created these these songs specifically for the Satellaview, view, they, but they didn't. They, apparently, there this soundtrack existed before Zelda. Um, uh, it came out after Link to the Past had released worldwide in. The Early 90s,
0: was it just a standalone soundtrack?
1: Yes, okay. And so, what they did was they said, Well, we have this orchestrated music built already in celebration of Link to the Past, so it sounds cool. Let's play it for Satellaview, and that's what they did. This uh soundtrack was Japanese only, so we never got it in North America, but it was uh produced by Sony Records in 1994, <laughs> in, in obviously in uh, collaboration with Nintendo, Interesting. Full, full rights. So as everyone knows the the, uh, the original soundtrack was composed by Mr. Koichi Kondo. Yeah. But the arrangement was by uh, two composers, I Yoshi Yoshiyuku Ito, Yoshi <laughs> sorry, let me start over cuz I want to get it right. Yoshi Yoshiyuki Ito and Masumi Ito. Um, I believe there's uh, a husband and wife, but I could be totally wrong. It could be brother and sister, but uh, <laughs> anyways. Cousins. <laughs> Relation the, of some sort. They arranged the uh, orchestration of this entire soundtrack. This soundtrack is called um, The Legend of Zelda Sound and Drama, which came out in 1994. And so Nintendo rehashed this entire soundtrack for the BS Satellaview. So. Let's play something from that since it ties into the series. And it's something cool that we've probably never really heard in North America. So uh, I wanna play the theme of the guessing game house because nobody ever plays (laughs) that song. That's pretty
3: like obscure there. (laughs) It's
1: totally um, something that reminds me exclusively of Link to the Past. Mm -hmm. It's a song that doesn't really travel through the rest of the Zelda series. Mm -hmm. So the guessing game house.
3: mentioned this song this is the song I was singing in my head in fact so oh really it does like guessing game house does stick with you you know yeah
1: well when you hear it you're like oh yeah I remember like in the dark world there's like this little octopus guy that's <laughs> like want to shoot some arrows and hit the targets <laughs> or pick a random chest there might be a heart in one of them you know mm-hmm. um yeah this this is a prolific song in no, the totally, link yeah. to the past soundtrack that doesn't quite does it, this the song isn't in any of other Zelda games is it like, of course, it's in Link Between Worlds because that game is a link to the past in a way, but I don't think yeah, this is that in I'd want to look and check because yeah. I,
3: I would actually, even though I can't say definitively, I would almost think this is a song where they've sampled it or referenced it yeah. somewhere. I feel like it might be, but yeah. I just can't.
0: It sounds like a boss theme almost like, a, you know, I could almost see them repurposing it in another game for like a like a goofy boss theme.
3: Yeah. yeah. It has that energy to it. Yeah, and and Zell, I think the Zelda series has been really good about sort of taking old themes and stuff like that, and repurposing them, and just grabbing a few lines of a melody, a few notes here and there, and just referencing them. Yeah, just to uh, oh, you know, totally to, to, to to for, that for that the people old, Tog, that tug
1: on the nostalgia strings. Exactly. Yeah. In fact,
3: I could tell another. Can I tell another Breath of the Wild? Can you anecdote? Please yeah. do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I, one thing that really shocked me when I first fired up. Uh, the Wii U version of Breath of the Wild is that every time you do a Wii U game, right, it goes to a loading screen first. Now, the music that plays during that loading screen screen is snippets of music from uh, Link's Awakening. Oh, it's a it's it's part of a theme from a dungeon in Link's Awakening. So, and when I heard it, I was like, "Oh my god, I can't even believe that they went back to that specifically." That's, a long, that's a long
0: ways.
1: Traditionally, at the loading screen, it's the fairy fairy fountain theme, right? Yeah. But and it
3: usually, you know, no. This was oh. this was. It's music from *Link's Awakening*. That's cool. Yeah, I'm gonna play that yeah. tonight.
0: We'll have to. <laughs> I don't know. I'm gonna. I might have to put like a spoiler, like warning on the podcast, just so that people, you know, if because some. You know, people get sensitive about sports. Yeah. I know that's not a big deal. That's the loading screen, <laughs> but, so hopefully yeah. that's not a spoiler. Yeah, but uh, I just want to make sure. <laughs>
1: um, I don't really have much else to say about uh, the View, but I want to keep going. Uh, so the last point I, I had was
4: <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't have much to yet. say, but I, I'm keeping
1: yeah. going. I, I wanted to talk, I want to keep talking about uh, the 16-bit era of Zelda. I wanted to ask you guys, have you ever heard of the Chris Houlihan rune? Yes. No. So you yes. know Yes, right. I
3: know the Chris Houlihan story.
1: I don't. Okay. It's, it's a pretty buried Easter egg in the original link to the past that um, it's notorious for being like a late discovered, almost never discovered secret to uh, the link to the past.
3: Well, I don't want to step on your story, but it's uh, like, you're going to tell like how it came about and everything, right? Yeah. Okay. uh, Maybe,
1: maybe you know more detail than I do, but it was a Nintendo power contest and Chris Houlihan is the guy's name that won the contest. It was a random draw and he was picked and the prize was to have um, your name in The Legend of Zelda Link to the past as it was being developed. Um, the third game in the Zelda series. So it was a big deal. Zelda was big already and he won. And the game came out and where's the Chris Houlihan reference? Okay. Well, it was a super buried secret. And um, the idea to it is that it's a secret room within the game that you have to find. And it's filled with... Blue rupees. So there's 45 blue rupees. If you find this room, you drop in, and there's just a room filled with money. And You're then, rich. The, of course, and then, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a great, it's a great room to stop and get money. And um, uh, like a lot of Zelda rooms, they have like these like talk boxes that you walk up to, you hit the A button, you could talk to it, and it tells you some information, like a sign. And uh, the Chris Hulahan room, so you know that you found it. It says, "My name is Chris
3: Hulahan. This is my top secret room. Keep it between us, okay." and that was the room. Now, from what I understand, and I don't know, I don't know the accuracy of the story is that it was actually intentionally not it was supposed to, it was originally intended to be a lot easier to find, but something happened in the development where they basically couldn't put it in like a very obvious or easy place, and they yeah. actually had to bury it intentionally where it wasn't as buried originally. So, from my understanding, they actually made it almost Impossible to find unless you knew of a secret trick or you yep. had like a that's you know a, a game shark. Kind that's of thing. exactly yeah. it. You yeah. have
0: to glitch the game yeah.
3: to get into the room. Oh,
0: really? But because oh, so you cannot find it legitimately, you can't.
1: But you can find it accidentally. So the glitch is not. um It's not a glitch that. You would never do. It's a glitch that you might do by accident. Okay. The odds are low. Yeah. Which is why it took over 10 years for people to find it. I wonder this. if it was like Chris Hulahan
0: himself. Like 10 That's years far. later he calls up his head and he's like, where is my room? <laughs> I was,
1: uh, was going to say it was so buried that only Chris Houlihan could find <laughs> it.
0: But, um, he kept it between himself and himself. <laughs> yeah.
1: But the other thing is, is that there are multiple areas in which you can glitch the game. So um, the way that I did it was there's a particular bush on the land in Hyrule, where if you lift the bush, there's a hole, you fall inside, and it's just like a typical, oh, here's a heart piece um, underground area, right? Um, but what you do is you you remove the bush, you stand in front of the hole, you drop a bomb, the bomb blows up and knocks you back into the hole, and then boom, instead of going where you're supposed to, the game triggers a different event, and you're in the secret Chris Houlihan room.
0: Ah. So... Okay, so it's not impossible. No, not it's at all. It's just unlikely to yeah. do that. you would ever do it like intentionally in the course
3: of a normal game, you'd never find it. You'd yeah. have to be like you'd, you, know, you'd mess up. crazy speedrunner glitch level of obsession. to well, yeah. I think
1: I think everyone knows um, that knows the game, knows the uh, the area where the um, what is it, the woodcutters that chop mm-hmm. down the tree, and there's mm-hmm. that one tree that if you run into, all the leaves blow up, and you can like fall inside the tree. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. that's another one of the spots and then there's like the sanctuary and there's there's a, there's more than one okay. they're all in pretty iconic places but you have to kind of know like I'm going to drop a bomb and intentionally hurt myself and knock myself back into this hole. You're not going to do that but <laughs> maybe if you're screwing around you might and yeah. then you find the Chris Houlihan room so. That's very cool. One of my favorite moments um, but yeah 16-bit Zelda check out the Citella View series it's- So
0: one last question before we get off the Satellaview Okay. Um, the I I had heard that so like people have, you know, have the ROM of the BS Zelda and like have have uh, made carts and stuff like that. Um, That's probably a good thing
1: to talk about because if people actually want to play it, how do you play it? Yeah,
0: yeah, you kind of have to get the ROM to play it. But the thing that I thought was lost that you couldn't get was the narration. Yeah, correct. Yeah, it's
1: lost forever. So the narration. Well, no, sorry. The narration was thought to be lost forever in the same way that the music was thought to be lost forever. Okay. People recently discovered what we already heard that it was taken from the Sound and Drama soundtrack. So The, the, the narration fu- was too? No. Oh. The, the narration, there's another story for that. Okay. So the soundtrack is fully preserved, so you yeah. can hear the whole soundtrack. Which is we awesome. just played you one track from it. At the end of the album, there's actually um, the story portion where you can hear the guy that's doing the voice of Link fighting... I don't know because I don't know Japanese. I'm Mm -hmm. assuming a monster or Ganon or somebody. There's an epic battle that you can listen to, and that plays in the game. But um, I don't have the details on the narration, but I've read that they've been found.
0: Okay, so somebody had the foresight maybe to record.
1: Well, in the same way that they were able to find the ROMs. like You don't just get the ROMs unless they're leaked from Nintendo somehow or a former employee releases them. Yeah. yeah. So they would have had the narration somewhere saved, and those were recently recovered. Well, what they did is they bombed a wall at Nintendo headquarters, and there was <laughs> a, treasure chest. a treasure
3: chest inside <laughs> of that wall. And <laughs>
1: they didn't—they ju- didn't just bomb any wall. They went up to each section of wall and were tapping <laughs> it ding, with ding, their ding, sword.
4: Ding.
1: Yeah. Oh, this sounds hollow. <laughs> there must be Zelda games in here.
0: Yeah. But, okay, so that's awesome. Somebody actually so, found the narration. So Obviously, you'd have to translate it. Yeah, but
1: so if you want to play the game, yeah. the ROMs are probably the most accessible way. There's not a, a, a legitimate release from Nintendo, but there are... Um, that would bro- be a
0: cool fan fan project. If somebody knows Japanese, to translate all those narrations for somebody. Oh,
1: the narrations. Well, see in the, in the ones that I played, there's text
0: at the bottom. There's text. Yeah. And I've heard that too. Like that people took the text. It would be great if they
1: hired voice actors. Hired a voice actor. That'd be awesome. That'd be a cool fan project. Um, And of course, if you're playing it on a ROM, then they're all triggered to when they're supposed to, because when you play this on Satellaview, a lot of times you got to the dungeon and the audio already started playing and you're like, Oh, I'm, I must be behind. I better hurry up. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Um, So, if you, if you want to play it, there are people that sell repro carts online, so you can buy a physical copy. It's not endorsed by Nintendo. Um, but you could. if you're going to do that, you might as well just play the ROMs online as well because apparently they uh, they update and patch those all the time. As I learned from my reproduction cart that just decided it was uh, – out of date and wouldn't play for me anymore. So. Oh
0: really? Yeah, that's oh, a bit weird. of a
1: bummer. But I I had to research that to find out when I was <laughs> what happened. To, well, I was trying to play it for this podcast to have more information, and I got to um, I got through like the the second or third menu screen. And the part where like you're supposed to sign in and like the clock starts, yeah. It says like, oh, th- there was this error code, and I looked it up online, and it said like that this wasn't like the most up to date patch. And I'm like,
0: I have a r- this. I'm playing a this reproduction card. Yeah. There's
1: no connection to the internet. There's no updates. Neither. I'm playing it on my Super Nintendo. The How? O-
0: the only thing I can think is that they actually set a timer
1: on the. Well, and there's a time system bi- built into the game, but I didn't think that there was ever going to be an issue. So
3: then I find out oh, why. Put it, why it? essentially put it on a self destruct? That's the thing. Yeah, that's yeah. very strange.
1: It, uh, it, I don't think it was ever done intentionally, but yeah. I think it was something Mistakes. that was not not noticed until later. Yeah. So if you're going to buy a reproduction cart, be just careful. There's apparently <laughs> there's apparently one provider that you're supposed to go with, and if you go with anyone else, you're running the risk that I did. Oh, okay. So just buyer beware, but it's there. It is possible to
0: play it. There you go. All uh-huh. right. Very cool. So Aaron, what do you have for us? What do week? I have? I am going to be talking about Zelda. What? No way, <laughs> <laughs> and
3: I'm, I'm talking about everybody's favorite entries into the Zelda series. Uh, so, okay, yeah, this is uh, the the games that came out between uh, uh, Link to the Past and the Satellaview View ones, this little known area on the timeline. I'm talking about the Philips CDI <laughs> Zelda games.
0: Everybody's favorite. Eh? Everybody's favorite. <laughs> I'm talking
3: about uh, Wand of Gamelon and Faces of Evil specifically. So I'm not really talking about these games. I'm just my my music. Kind of came from that, essentially. I'm talking about a remix. Now, there's a, here. I'll try to give the backstory on this. In that, first of all, if you haven't heard of the Philips, CDI, Zelda games, there's uh, uh, a way, the <laughs> <yeah. laughs> way back in the Super Nintendo days. You yourself lucky. Yeah. Way back in the Super Nintendo days, the year was 1989, and Nintendo formed a part, partnership with the company Philips to make an add-on disk drive for the Super Nintendo. So they had this partnership. They were going forward. They're st- starting along this road, right? And this uh, was right after. No, they... It no, wasn't Philips. Sorry, my mistake. It was originally Sony that yeah, they're okay, making I, the deal I, with. Yeah, Sony was the uh, original partner for. Yeah, okay. For the disc drive.
1: Yep. And, and they had they had experience. With yeah. disc drives already because the Famicom had a disc drive system. I don't, yeah. I don't think it was
3: Sony, though. Well, no, that was like a disc disc. This is like actual like spinning. I think this was like a, a, yeah. C- CD, a compact disc yeah, a compact versus CD a cassette. Disc. Technology
1: was yeah. updating. So we were moving from discs to CDs. Yeah, to CDs. So
3: this was essentially still that, but just in a more modern yeah. form. And this was actually called going to be called the uh, Nintendo PlayStation. Yeah, Play hyphen station. So it was the Nintendo Play-Station co-produced by Sony Sony. and Nintendo. Now, what happened was is that Sega released their Mega CD drive and it was a colossal failure. And Nintendo suddenly got super cold feet on this. And weird thing is like Sony put a ton of development into this. They were actually had a prototype and they were like Lots working of on manufacturing it. They were taking it to trade shows and stuff like that. And I think I, the way I read the story originally was that Sony actually discovered that Nintendo got cold feet and backed out of the project while they were actually demonstrating this thing at a trade show.
0: So what I heard was they were at um, CES. hmm not because this was pre E three, so they were at CES. What is it, CES? CES is the Consumer, Consumer Electronics electronic Show. show. So, yeah. Still yeah. goes on to this day in yeah. Las Vegas, yeah. and it it's used to, like the
3: biggest electronic show in the industry.
0: Yeah, yeah it's an it's enormous now. Yeah. It's crazy, uh, but even back then it was quite large because because it kind of integrated everything because it was the only one of its kind really, and uh, so uh, Nintendo came on stage and all the executives are sitting there mm-hmm. and. It's been known for a long time that Sony and Nintendo are working on something together. And this is the reveal. This is the official pull the curtain off the thing and everybody loses their mind. And Nintendo gets on stage. They do their presentation. It comes to it. Stage goes black. Spotlight. Whip it off. And it's Philips. And the, and the Sony executives are sitting in the front row and go, what? What? The <laughs> f- they, yeah. They, <laughs> didn't they didn't tell them. They didn't tell them. They didn't warn them. Nothing Nintendo got on stage and was like we're announcing a partnership with Philips," and everyone was like did we hear that right? Did they miss? They thought they miss. Like everyone in the audience thought they misspoke.
1: That's like telling your girlfriend that you're cheating on her by introducing her to your new yep. girlfriend. <laughs>
3: pretty much. <laughs> That's pretty much exactly what they did. Yeah. And what's hilarious too is that so Sony w- Sony was screwed at that point. Oh yeah. Nintendo had the, f- had the par- new partnership with Philips, but Nintendo canceled that partnership with Philips too, essentially because they uh, again, this is the whole Mega CD drive, drive fallout. Yeah. They they said, well, now we don't want to do his disc drive at all because disc drives working. are not working. It's it's yeah. not the way, sort of the way to go. The so they started backing out of that as well. So as we all know, Sony went on to develop the PlayStation no hyphen to yeah. get around the trademark issue yeah. of Play hyphen Station.
0: And and just to linger on this a bit. Like this is one of the most interesting stories in all of video game history cuz the whole thing is if <laughs> Nintendo hadn't snubbed Sony like this, would there still would it be three competitors as it is today. Would it be Nintendo, Microsoft, Sony, or would it just be Nintendo and Microsoft and, yeah. or Nintendo, Sony together against One Microsoft? Of their- like,
1: one of their biggest accidents spawned their biggest competition. And there's yeah.
0: no way
3: to know, like even if like Microsoft would have got into the game or anything like that, like yep. this is the diverging point where, yeah. you know, the modern game industry is sort of built upon.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This is, this is that like drop in the ocean <laughs> that, you know, created the
1: tsunami. And then uh, Sega was taking their last swing at the, at the plate. Right. So mm. Nintendo was on, still on top and they were sort of capitalizing on the video game industry. And this yeah. was the beginning of the, you know, the beginning of the, their, Biggest mm. competition for, for yeah, Sony. Yeah, it's crazy. And sorry, sorry. I was just go gonna. Ahead. I was just. If, if we're done talking about the Sony, the <laughs> Nintendo PlayStation, it's worth noting that they uh, recently discovered that there's there was one production uh, model in in somewhere out there in the yeah, world.
0: Yeah, I had I had one. Yeah. I think there's we talked about this once we before on yeah. the podcast. Yeah. But yeah. basically, a guy bought it in a. Uh, we're clearing out the office's pallet sale. Yeah, like it was in uh, the basement of
3: some like warehouse office or something. Well, I guess
0: (laughs) what it was, it it had been in somebody's office drawer and they were just selling pallets of stuff. And the janitor at the time went to the sale, bought the pallet because he was like, oh, there's some good stuff in here. You know, there's a nice desk, blah, 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 blah. And found it in there. Didn't know what he had for years until his son found it in the attic one day and went like, dad, you have no idea what this is. And... Uh, well, I think it was it like Hank the holy grail of no, was, video game memorabilia. It was because
1: people online were talking about it and right. the sun was like strolling through Reddit or something and it's they said, were talking I've about this, this Nintendo PlayStation. He's like, oh yeah, I got one. And of course everybody, <laughs> everybody's like, BS, you don't have one. Well, yeah, Nobody has one. There was,
0: there was a picture online and, and everyone was like, is this fake? Like, is this a fake picture? Like yeah. everyone freaked out. It was crazy. And that he, was a crazy He moment. provided
1: pictures. He opened yep. it up. So it's a Nintendo console. You open it up and there's a chip
3: inside that says Sony on it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and there's a disk drive. Yeah. 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 But anyway, yeah. Oh. So, continue. <laughs> so that's the
3: Sony side of the tangent. Yeah. Let's let's take a trip back to Philips. Yeah. So, Philips now had this partnership that was falling apart, and Nintendo wanted to cut ties with building the drive with them. So, as part of the deal to sort of placate Philips, Nintendo said basically, you can use some of our characters and intellectual properties to develop games for your new system, the Philips CDI, which again, which was not a Nintendo product at that point. It was just a Philips thing, but they were allowed to use Nintendo properties. So what they decided to do was make Zelda games. So, what in the year 19- 19... Be-
0: I can't believe they gave them that property, yeah, you know which what Which is I mean? ridiculous, because <laughs>
3: Zelda was popular at the time. I mean, yeah. this was, you know, this was after Link to the Past. Mm-hmm. So, think about how polish that game. Think about how well loved that game, how well, well done it is. And and we all know that they came out with a cartoon series before yeah. then
1: too. Yeah. So <laughs> they're gonna come out with a cartoon. It's it's pretty popular. Yeah.
3: So uh, Phillips, they went to this um company, I think they were called Animation Masters. <laughs> which is, which is funny because as if you know anything about these games, it's all the memes and nonsense that have come from it because of the really really bad animated full motion video. Because that was the thing about Philips CDI and the whole Philips thing. They wanted to take advantage of like its music capabilities off of disk and full motion video, which was just up and coming, becoming the big thing. So they wanted full motion video intros and little pieces. So they got this company, Animation Masters, to develop it. Who in turn hired a bunch of Russian animators to actually do. All the animated sequences for this thing. Yeah. And the (laughs) Russians. (laughs) The Russians. Actually, that's one of the explanations. That's one of the explanations for why the animation in these things are so bad is because they had these Russian animators who didn't, who they brought over to the country to do these animations, didn't speak any English, weren't provided translations of what the characters were saying. So all the characters are just like gesturing in like weird ways that don't go with what they're saying and that kind of thing, just because they didn't really know what was happening.
0: That's hilarious. So,
3: yeah, you get this like nonsense kind of.
0: That's so bad. (laughs) So,
3: and, and what they did is they actually, in 1993, they developed two Zelda games at the same time. Now, it was, uh, one was called Faces of Evil, and one was called Wand of Gamelon. And they were kind of done in the same style as Zelda 2, so they were side-scrolling adventures. And uh, one starred Link as the protagonist, and one actually starred Zelda as the protagonist. And there was actually a third game that I'm going to talk about a little less called Zelda's Adventure, which didn't use Zelda 2 as the side-scrolling template. It was more like the original um, Legend of Zelda, more of like the top-down kind of thing. But... here's the funny thing about that is that we love to hate on the Philips CDI Zelda games, but when they came out, they were actually pretty well regarded. Really? Like, they got reviewed really well. People loved them. The animation even got praised for, like, this... Because full motion video was new at the time. People hadn't really (laughs) seen this. And as rough as Uh, we know that animation is, like... They, they actually did review pretty well and it's only been in sort of like from the years like 2000 and beyond and the rise of like the internet and YouTube and stuff like that, that people have really started to hate on those uh, yeah. those like games. I think
1: the angry video game nerd helped fuel some of that <laughs> yeah. hate because that's that's where I first heard of the CDI Zelda games was through him and I honestly didn't think the animation was that bad, like it's not great, but I could forgive it, it was just like the gameplay and the controls that looked horrible uh, for the game. And
3: it's, yeah, and that's the thing, is like actually if you see the game, like the background for it are actually pretty well well drawn. Yeah. And it's got like well, like uh p- pretty realistic graphics for the characters. But the actual like gameplay itself, like well, like you have to like t- to pick up rupees, you have to like duck down and poke it with your sword.
1: Yeah. And that's how you pick up a rupee
0: in the game. <laughs> Why would you want to do that? I think probably it's one of those things like you know, uh hairstyles or clothing or something where you look back 10 years and it doesn't matter what was popular at the time, you go back 10 years and you're like what the, what What were were we thinking? thinking? (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? And so I'm sure that's, that's what the Phillips at the time. Everyone's like, yeah, this is cool. When, when, uh, I don't know, like mullets and jorts were really awesome. Yeah. And now we <laughs> laugh at it
3: because, you know, people don't even consider the Philips CDI games part of the Zelda series. Nintendo didn't nope. really have a lot of things in it. Nope. Basically all Nintendo's only involvement was in this in this was saying, you can use our character, base it off of the artwork in our instruction manuals. That was pretty much what they said. Like we just want you to use these designs that we've previously established. And they um I
0: think they totally left it out of the Hyrule Historia. I don't even think it's in oh there. Oh yeah. No,
3: no, they it, it, if it's in there it would be a footnote. But I yeah. don't even think it's in there. Nope. It's not because it's not a Nintendo game, it's not considered part of it.
0: Yeah, it's not part of the it's not part of the canon or anything like that. Yeah.
3: Now, I encourage listeners, if you don't know anything about it, haven't seen it, you can easily go on YouTube and just look up the Philips CDI Zelda games, and people have cut together edits of all of the intro and outro and all the full motion video sequences back to back. You can watch them all, and you should, because they are <laughs> <Fair> they laugh. <laughs> are hilarious. Now, going back to this sudden hate-on for the Philips CDI games, uh, people may remember a humor website called uh, Something Awful, which is still around, yep. if you know Something Awful, and they had a feature on there called the Flash Tub. Now, every week, they would do a new Flash cartoon based on whatever people were talking about at the time, random stuff. It was mostly just silly, ridiculous nonsense. And every now and then, they would actually do a uh, remix sort of contest on there. So uh, people on the forums would remix a song, and then the winner of whoever was selected would have an animation done based on their remix. So there was the Zelda CDI Remix Contest, and... Uh, <laughs> the, uh, uh, this already already sounds funny. Yeah. And and the artist who won was a guy named Varix. Now I tried to find information on Varix. No information. This oh, isn't right. a guy who's like active in the music community, from what I r- understand. This was probably just his forum handle at the time. And yeah, I, I was gonna I, say maybe he's just changed his handle and he's someone else now. Could be, absolutely. Maybe it's, maybe it's Vario. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite uh, remix artists. <laughs> you never know. It could be anybody. Yeah. But Varics won with a song called Drop the Didongo. And and it's based on one of the lines from one of the intros where a really, really goofy looking Link says, I can't wait to bomb some Dodongos. And he he does it just like that. And he has a big like fist swing. Like, gee golly. Gee golly. He's a gee willikers (laughs) eye rolling. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Ridiculous. Russian uh, animation. So it was based essentially on that line. And they took a whole bunch of lines from the intros based on the characters of Zelda, Link, the king. And also the old wise man. So they took all these lines from all those intros and mashed it together into this r- awesome remix. So we're about to hear Varix's remix from the Flash Tub of Drop the Didongo. You
2: dare Did bring life to my land? You must die. I guess I better get going. How about a kiss? Got
4: to be I wonder what's for dinner. <laughs> I can't wait the fall to the dog. for the line.
3: Totally old. <laughs> <laughs> this remix came out in 2006. Oh,
1: okay. So it was intentional, the sound.
3: Well, uh, Like, it are you talking about just the quality of the sound
1: or the, no, uh, no, just no. the just style like of the, the remix? The style, yeah. the style. Like, I know it's meant to be funny, but yeah. it's, you know, it almost isn't funny if you go back far <laughs> enough to when this music was not considered a joke. But
3: well, mm. you you get a lot. And, like, there's a lot of weird remixes on eFlashTub in general where they just take voice samples and do, like... yeah. Nonsense like this. Now, this was in 2006, so that's you know we're talking still 11 years now since this uh, since this song came out.
0: I've I've been waiting for this. I've been hearing this song almost as long as I've been waiting for Breath of the Wild.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and. Speaking of that, is that because I mentioned this was uh, part of a contest that, and it got animated, is that I also encourage listeners to look it up on YouTube and watch the, watch animation, the animation that goes with it. So, is as the well. animation
0: just all it's a custom animation? It's custom animation. Okay, it's not so the actual animation, the but
3: okay. a lot of the de- like, obviously, a lot of the designs are based off of the stupid animation yeah. from there. But you know, it's but bo- it's making Link also look. <laughs> ridiculous, like a moron, <laughs> googly eyes, weird designs. You know, you see the king laughing with Zelda and there's a wall behind them and there's a sign on the wall that just says, some bricks to <laughs> to describe the wall, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's hilarious. I, and that's the thing I could say about Flash Tub in general is that it was mostly just, like, it was nonsense. It was a very... Unusual brand of humor that you had to, you know, with a
0: name like Flash Tub. Yeah, like you, you didn't have to tell me anything else other than
3: <laughs> it was called Flash Tub, and I'd be like, Yeah, yeah, it sounds pretty silly. Yeah, it's nonsense humor. You and you kind of have to, you know,
0: you got to get in that mindset, a certain
3: mindset, yeah. or a certain style in your sense of humor. Or at that a certain you appreciate it. hour of the night, <laughs> yeah. like one yeah. in
0: the morning, browsing Reddit or whatever. You come across Flash Tub, you're gonna have a good laugh. Oh yeah yeah. <laughs>
3: I, I spent many a good hour on on FlashTub watching the various series. So. Yeah, and I have a number of those remixes on my phone as well. So, <laughs> and a lot <laughs> of them are from video games. Though? Maybe at some point I will feature the uh, one they did for the uh, Sesame Street um, Big Bird counting. Oh yeah, game. we all know that. We, game. we know the game, but I have a remix based on that as well. So awesome. maybe it'll get to be featured as well. Yeah, that. yeah. I'd like I'm to hear not that. sure how
0: how we're gonna get yeah. that one in but <laughs> learning games or something. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty funny. All right, so uh, that's it for our picks for, for this week of, of Zelda month. And now we ask Aaron, what has he been playing? What have I been playing? Well, if you've Obviously, been listening to yeah. the podcast. <laughs> if you if you didn't yeah. jump in at an hour in. but I started playing Legend of Zelda
3: Breath of the Wild today. And because we all haven't had a chance to uh, really delve into that yet, yeah, I'm not going it- to dwell on it.
1: As of recording, this is the day It's it yes, came out. Yes, today
3: so. is launch day as of recording. So, yeah, yeah. so Aaron I, took the day off. Uh, I did take the day off work. <laughs> I actually went to <laughs> the hardcore. I went to the midnight launch last night yep. of the Breath of the Wild and the Switch. So, I mean, most people who were there at the, uh, I went to a store at the mall and most people who were, who were there were there for the Switch specifically. And I was there with my brother. He was getting the uh, Switch and Breath of the Wild for the Switch and I was getting the Wii U version. So, and it was a pretty good crowd. I mean, they, they had the store I was at had 30 um, switches, which is surprising for walk-ins. That's just for walk-ins. And they probably had another 120 people maybe show up for pre-orders. So it was quite a big crowd. Pretty big, yeah. Yeah, security threatened to kick us out, I think, several times. Yeah. They wanted the rowdies who were messy to uh, to leave them all, so. Oh, really? But I think the uh, employee of the store managed to talk them down. Talk them down. No, now, that's good. I, 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 don't, I this is, this wouldn't, we'll never get to anybody, but I want to give a shout out to that. Um, the store was EBX, so Electronics Boutique Boutique. Um, and the oh, so you went to Chinook. Chinook, okay. And the employee, there was a guy who working there who basically organized the whole thing, named Brad. Now, this guy, shout out to Brad. Shout out to Brad, Brad. because <laughs> Brad was uh, like he. Brad, was if a, you're listening, he was this enthusiastic. Is your shout out. <laughs> he you know, it was communicating with everybody about problems, like you know the fact that security wanted to kick us out. For the reason that, like, we couldn't go to the bathrooms. He had to escort people to the bathrooms. He had to escort people to the parking lots around the malls to move their cars. Oh, wow. he, was, he was constantly communicating. He was constantly upbeat, talked to everybody, and had a joke for everybody the entire night. Like, he wow. was... He was you, like the model all point. He was EV the employees. model. And I think he actually organized the whole midnight launch event as well. well I was going to say, say the, like
1: the store manager pro- unless he is the store manager, probably asked, like who who's going to work tonight and do the midnight midnight launch and Brad just like, you know, he just kind of like looks down at the ground and the yeah. wind blows in his <laughs> yeah. hair and he's, he's thinking about Zelda and all the fans and he's picturing pulling holding the master sword in air.
0: Yeah. I'll do it.
1: I'll yeah.
3: do it.
0: Yeah, he yeah, he's and then he gets that like anime that like shing As it goes across his (laughs) eye, he just looks up and he's like, squint and yeah, I got
3: this. (laughs) So, special shout out to the uh employee Brad from EBX. You should see if there's like an awesome, awesome event.
0: You should see if there's like an online, you know, review like your customer review or something on your receipt or something like that. Give a shout out to Brad because like that, that is rare, right? Like that, that, you don't hear that a lot. And Uh, I'm not generally a fan of EB in general, me either. So, for like for that guy, that's a big stand up. Totally, totally.
3: And uh, I actually am going to write to EB and uh, commend him because he was was that good. And also a story with that, too, is that uh, my brother and I arrived for the the midnight launch at about 5.30 in the afternoon. So we get into the line that's already there, and we are right before the cutoff. We're like number 24, number 25, essentially, of the 30 walk-in units. And I wasn't really planning on getting mine right away, but I put my name on the list anyway. Yeah, just in case I might. You never know. I I, I could cave pretty easily. Sit there four hours. Yeah. You're like, yeah, now I need one. <laughs> yeah. So a few more people get in line, and they reach the cutoff. And uh, this, f- and right after the cutoff, this family walks up. So uh, mother, father, and a uh, small young boy walk up to there. They've come for the Switch launch, and Brad, with his clipboard, sadly had to tell them, sorry, we've reached the cutoff, there's no point to standing in line, like, we just have no more to get give away. And so the family starts to leave. And so they're going away, and I, I had already decided not to get my get the Switch, so we basically decided that we'd take my name off the list, and they could have it. But the family's already gone, so Brad, with his clipboard, had to run through the mall and caught them right at the door as they wow. were exiting the mall to bring them back. That must it, have made them so happy too, right? Yeah. So oh, that's amazing. So I, uh, so I feel warm and fuzzy that, you know, the switch that I could have had went to a good.
1: You oh. I was telling Aaron. <laughs> you, that you and Brad, I just want to give you guys <laughs> a,
0: a big hug right now. Big gaming hug. I was telling Aaron. I've got like two kind of similar stories. So I didn't have a Brad when I went for the Wii <laughs> Launch, which I actually you should st- all have a Brad. We all we all need a Brad in our lives. But uh, the fact that you remember his name says <laughs> Yeah, like- it does. Uh, so um, my closest story was uh, when the Wii came out and obviously um, uh, Twilight Princess launched with the Wii. Uh, me and my buddy sat outside for where we got there at 10 o'clock at night and the store opened at 10 a.m. in the morning. So we sat outside for 12 hours. And um, the, the, the coolest thing that happened was the Starbucks employees like across the parking lot from Future Shop came over with all these little sample cups of uh, peppermint mochas and like just gave them to everybody oh, in line yeah. for me. Like you guys are awesome. And yeah. then I was like, and then I, that was like the time I became addicted to the peppermint mochas. So that, <laughs> that totally worked out in Starbucks favor. But um, my other uh, analogous story is, so we'd been outside. It was probably like, I don't know, nine 30. And so like we got there and uh Future Shop was really bad about it. They didn't tell anyone how many there were until like literally like 15 minutes before the store opened. And so like we had been all there. We were at 9th and 10th in line. Um, and then there was like, as as the night went on, more and more people started showing up. So there was probably like 50 people by, I don't know, 8 o'clock. And then like at 8 o'clock, all of these cars started pulling in the parking lot. And the line like went, you know, down, hmm. the, down the block basically. And um, I remember seeing... Uh, one group show up and they like got out of their car and it was like a little I think it was a little boy and a little girl and mom was there and uh, they like walked up and they were like sorry kids we're not going to get it and no I, Christmas I, this year no, basically right <laughs> yeah. and uh, I was almost like should I give it to them, but i had been outside for like <laughs> I've been outside for <laughs> 11 hours at that point oh, So I was no. like no, I got to this. <laughs> yeah, no. So, so, no warm fuzzy there No it's warm like, fuzzy so there on, kids. Yeah. So Aaron, oh, well, this story illustrates what I've said for a long time. <laughs> Aaron is a better person than me But <laughs> no, I understand that if I was been standing outside for 12 in hours in the, the cold, you never yeah. know, right? Yeah, and it was like November when that yeah. thing launched. It was cold. Yeah, so so,
3: oh, back back to what I've been playing. Um, So Breath of the Wild, I'll say because it's launch and I'm exhausted right now. I yeah. didn't get home until 3 in the morning. Um, didn't play a lot. I didn't play a lot. I yeah. played a few hours. All I'm going to say as far at this jet, at this point in time, is that I love it. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. It's all already great. I don't have a lot of time in it. I just love it.
1: Yeah. I, yeah, the reviews have been pretty good. I, yeah. Well, uh, and unbelievable, I right? I think I've only,
3: I've only seen perfect scores. I've avoided... And I like well, I you're said, it now. I've avoided all things, and I still kind of want to avoid stuff. I don't want to spoil anything because yeah. rediscovering yeah. it all right now is is just awesome. Great. Yeah, and yeah, like you said, like reviews are. I don't know. Good. If you, this may be the best launch title ever to come out for a system ever.
0: I, this might be like the best game ever to come out for a system <laughs> ever. Like I don't know if you saw that picture, uh, that that I'm gonna reference now, but it was like basically it's all the sites right and all the magazines, and it's like. Perfect across the 10, board. It's ten out of ten, out of 10 A plus, five out of five. Yeah. You know, it's like like I think the lowest score that I've seen is a nine point five. Yeah. Like crazy. <laughs> create almost almost perfect across the board. Yeah. I now it's a perfect game, but I actually want to talk about just
3: for a second, about a different game. A different game. Cause I bought another game um earlier this week that uh came out right before Zelda d- did called uh Horizon Zero Dawn. For no, the PlayStation, PlayStation 4. 4. PlayStation 4 exclusive. Yeah. It's a game that also I've been waiting for for at least three years, three or four years maybe.
0: Yeah, they announced that a long time yeah, ago. Same, it, thing, same it, sort
3: of thing, long time. Yeah, it was announced at E3 a long time ago and it's kind of like, mental note, keep your eye on this one. I didn't own a PlayStation 4 obviously at the time, but it's like, this is the one to watch. Yeah. And it came out and I I think it's great. It's exactly the game that I wanted it to be. It's basically, you know, Huge, wide-open, explorable landscape. Well, we were talking ruins. Talk, we were talking about this is an yeah. Aaron game. This is an Aaron Blauchuk game. Blauchuk game. It they, absolutely they, is. At the, the, the,
0: at the at the bottom of the instruction manual, it says for Aaron Blauchuk. Yeah, they had a checklist
3: <laughs> and says what is what is Aaron
0: like? Let's do all those things. So yeah. it's
3: like female protagonist check. Post-apocalyptic future, check. Robots, check. Dinosaurs, robot dinosaurs. Check. And and then exploration, bow hunting. Like, (laughs) all of it's there. Cool photo mode for jungle time. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So, and as far as that reference goes, it's that when I started playing Uncharted, (laughs) I just started taking... Random screenshots and they had like this this border of like leaves. Yeah, that you that you put around put around it. so I started putting leaves around all my All my things and calling it jungle time no matter what <laughs> no matter what the screenshot was actually of so the first screenshot I've taken in uh, Horizon Zero Dawn and posted to Twitter says jungle time jungle and time. all of my future screenshots posted from yeah. PS4 games All will PS4 shares say jungle, shares yep.
0: jungle. All Absolutely. They say is jungle time. Will say jungle time
3: <laughs> <laughs> and uh my my very quick review on it is that I'm liking it a lot. The <laughs> the story leaves a little bit to be desired, but if you were ever a fan of something like Assassin's Creed or the new Tomb Raider games or Far Cry, it's it's got all that kind of awesome action inside.
0: Yeah,
1: it doesn't matter. You said robot
3: dinosaurs, so
1: I know.
0: Yeah, I had you at robot dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I think they pretty much had everyone at robot dinosaurs. Yeah. I actually I remember when that when the game was first announced. Um, the developer came out and was like trying to get people to stop saying that for some reason they were like, no, they're not robot dinosaurs. They're just robots or something like they're, they're, they're they're had, they creatures, had their own, they but, had their own yeah. name for them, yeah. but nobody did. Everybody yeah. was just like, they're clearly robot dinosaurs. <laughs> That's the thing is it
3: doesn't matter. Like sure, there's based on there's, but they're based on all sorts of animals. So one of the first things you encounter there are like robot horses, right? Essentially, yeah. So and you know, robot saber-toothed tigers and robot Animals and monsters of all types, uh, Brontosaurus but and, you yeah. remember the dinosaur ones well, more than they anything look cool. else. And yeah. that's just
1: his way of saying there's more to the game than just robot dinosaurs, yeah, exactly. guys. <laughs> and we're
3: like, yeah, but, but robot dinosaurs. <laughs> but that's the thing. Is like, why wouldn't you want to associate your game? It doesn't yeah. matter what else is in your game. You want to associate so, with robot dinosaurs.
0: And the developer is <laughs> is Guerrilla Games. Guerrilla Games, who which is which the did developer Killzone. of Killzone? yes. yeah. So I was a big Killzone fan for a lot of years. I played Killzone Three uh, was like infamous for its. Um, uh, what do they call it? Oh, I've heard people at IGN call it a bullshot, which is to say, mm-hmm. like, you know, uh, here's a screenshot from the game we're making, but really it has no. It's a bullshot is
3: a doctored screenshot.
0: Essentially, yeah. yeah. And so uh, there was a trailer for Kill Zone 3 that came out early. I think it was at like the PS3 announcement. Um, And it was Kill Zone 3 and it looked amazing. And everyone's like, this isn't even possible. And then when the actual game came out, people compared it. But Gorilla did pretty much everything in their power to make it look as close to that as they did, and to their credit, they did a really good job. So I, I like the Killzone series oh, no. personally. And, and
3: uh, you know, to their credit, they like
0: that. The graphics in the game, like what can
3: you say about uh, specifically Zero Dawn? Yeah. is that it is beautiful. And as far as like bullshots are concerned, is that every single screenshot you pause the game and you look around and it looks like concept art. Yeah, like it looks like a painting. It looks. And they
0: have a screenshot, a photo mode, a in photo mode in there. Yeah. And
3: that's the thing is you you pause the game at any moment, go into that photo mode, just move that camera around. You can put on like filters. You can actually change the time of day, like so. You and some of the pictures that people have been like outputting from there, they look like professional composed photos. Like you
0: actually see galleries of the stuff that people have done, and it's beautiful stuff. Yeah, for me that's like like genius genius Mm. marketing right Mm. because it's like not only are you are you including a cool feature for your game everyone's going to tweet that stuff out like you're just you're basically you just like quadrupled your social spread or more of that game because people want to share that stuff
3: And, and here's the smart thing is that of course the new switch like the PlayStation 4 has a dedicated share button Yes. And no integration for like a dedicated screenshot button, no integration yet for like, you know, Facebook, Twitter kind of stuff, mm-hmm. which is too bad. They'll, that's going to be there. They'll but get there. I yeah. can't, I can't count the number of times, even in my limited hours playing breath of the wild, where I wished I had like that screw that share button because I just want to like stop and pause it and move the camera and share and like I want to I want to put that stuff well, out even there.
1: if you could nobody's looking at each other's photos on, on the Wii U anyways yeah exactly well yeah it's not the best system for-
3: <laughs> well but, but, but that share no that share mode is an important thing now I think for a lot of consoles and I'm, I'm, I like the feature so
0: yeah we'll just have to uh, you'll have to like do it manually like basically take, take the screenshot and then take a picture with your phone <laughs> as best you can and share it out yeah but I, I just you know in
3: every single still um, horizon zero dawn looks like the the kind of game that you imagine in your head, like uh, the, the, the perfect version of that game. Now I just, I'm going to nitpick on it for one second too, as well, just to say that, although it looks beautiful, the, it's got the weird little things (laughs) like the animation is just a little janky because they clearly motion capped everything. And, uh, (laughs) but we're in a, in a big budget game, something like an uncharted game where they take that motion cap data and then they'll bring in a team of animators and they'll clean it all up and they'll smooth it all out and they'll make it look really, really like, you know, it it looks more natural in this. It almost feels like they did their motion cap. Then they're like, Oh, there we go. We're, we're all done. Almost like they
1: wanted it to be more realistic, but in the end it kind of, did the you, opposite of you, that.
3: Yeah. You need to put, you need professional animators to clean up your mocap. Yeah. You have to do it. And they probably did, but it's just not at the same level of something like an Uncharted game. So it's like, it's cleaned up, but it still has that sort of jerky, unnatural, bizarre. You mocap kind of something of it. and it's,
1: and it's essentially what's more real than real people doing it, but it just feels so
3: robotic it's, and stiff.
0: Yeah. Uncanny it's, Valley. Like, yeah. It's funny, absolutely. It's so funny that you say that though, because I, uh, Look, this I, I've heard a lot about this game, and mm-hmm. you guys are animators, so I think you notice it a little more because I heard some other people talking about it, praising it f- for its animation, <laughs> praising it for it, asked how, you how amazing their eyes look and stuff. And that was the one thing you pointed out that their eyes they're, look glassy, weird and dead. glassy
3: eyes where they yeah. don't really seem to be looking at exactly what they're, you know, looking at. It's yeah. yeah, I asked you that exact question Are
1: you looking at it from a gamer perspective or an animator perspective? And you said it was clearly they should have done their homework. Yeah,
3: I mean, and it's a little bit of both. I can't help but look at it with a, a bit of an animator eye as well, but even my wife was watching me play and she yeah. was making fun of the way they they will look in the game because it's bizarre. Yeah. Like, and you you notice it. I mean, I'm sure there's lots of people out there praising it and it's, this is exactly the Philips CDI thing all over again. People are praising <laughs> Maybe, yeah, it just because, just because it's animation the, like, and st- it's part of the new technology yeah. and it's, you know, it's it's impressive and new, but it's not gonna age well in the same in the same way because it just doesn't have that like care and detail put into so, smoothing it out. So
0: when we're doing this podcast in ten years, <laughs> we'll come back and have a look and see what how people remember Horizon Zero Dawn's animation. Yeah. But, you know, still a fun game. Uh, Unfortunately, I'm going to have to set it aside
3: to collect dust for a while because it is Zelda
0: month. It is Zelda month. So, all right. So, uh, obviously, neither of those games are very good for the giveaway. (laughs) I just got nothing for cheap and indie games. So, Money, bags, blouch The name just, it sticks. (laughs) It's Give away
1: uh, BS Zelda ROMs.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're going to give away something you can download for free. But um, what we are going to give away, what we're going to do is... um, if you don't know, uh, there is a, a website, uh, service, I guess, if you want to call it out there called the humble humble bundle. And, uh, they recently came out with a, a great humble bundle that, it was called the humble freedom bundle. And I bought it and I think it has like 30 or so games in it a lot it's and, massive, and they're good games and they're all great games. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of really quality stuff in there. And but because uh, with Humble Bundles, what it is is basically you buy in at different levels. And if you pay, the, there's one level where you get everything. And so I bought into that level. And uh, I inevitably got some uh, duplicates. some duplicates. Yeah. So what I'm going to do uh, for when Moneybags Blauchuck or the rest of us have are playing something that doesn't really work uh, for the <laughs> giveaway is I'm going to give away stuff from that. So uh, this time I'm going to give away... Super Brothers Sword and Sorcery, which is a game we've talked about before. uh, One I really like. uh, One that uh, I don't think when. No, I know. uh, When we were giving. When we had that one in the giveaway, the person didn't select that one. So, Super Brothers Sword and Sorcery. uh, I guess you could say maybe a bit of a link. There's a bit of, you know, Link or Zelda. Zelda esque. It's got that fantasy
3: swords and skeletons. Sword and,
0: yeah, yeah. sort of thing. So, uh, but a little more uh, ethereal than that, (laughs) for sure, but, uh, yeah, so I'm gonna, one of, the duplicate going in, uh, this week is Super Brothers Sword and Sorcery. So, to win that game, uh, like Matt did, last month, all you do is you hop on Twitter, and, uh, click retweet on any one of our, uh, on any one of our Twitter posts, is what we've opened it up to now. Retweet, like, share, whatever.
1: And if you don't, we're going to give the game to Brad.
0: (laughs) That's right. All, all, all unclaimed games will now go to Brad (laughs) because Brad's so great. But, uh, yeah, so (laughs) that's awesome. But, uh, yeah, so that's, uh, so any interaction on Twitter whatsoever, it gives you an entry into there. And, uh, our Twitter is the same. Our Twitter name is the same as the podcast name, VGM Generations, uh, for the bonus entry, leave us a comment on SoundCloud or review on iTunes and um, like share subscribe all that good stuff uh, and uh, yeah if you want to uh, reach out you can always contact us at the email address at VG or vgmgenerations at gmail.com and stay tuned next week for more awesome Zelda We're talking Zelda We're talking and Zelda love it. All month. we love it and make sure and then uh, there's gonna be a I'm gonna tease it now there's gonna be a special edition of the name that tune game Uh-oh. for this month so <laughs> so stay tuned for that and uh, we'll go we'll catch you guys next week.